like all of these races, this one is no different. The community rallies around this and supports it. The promoters were awesome and um, just in there talking to people, um, helping people, and being so encouraging throughout the entire event. I mean, I'm talking the entire thing. They're there at the very beginning, and then they were there to the very finish. When Brady and I were leaving, um, it was getting late, and we were ready to, to head back to the, to the campsite. We were saying bye to um, – we're looking for Mike, but he was, he was out because there were a couple more people still on course of the 120. This was like 8 p.m. maybe. So that's what, like 13 hours yeah, starting at 7? It's a long time on course. So Mike was out trying to to make sure that they're okay. And so we're talking to Dave Pryor, thanking him. And as we're talking, um, someone comes up to Dave and says, hey, my buddy just texted me. He's had like 10 flats and he's about 10 minutes <laughs> and away. And they're probably all in the same mile. Probably. <laughs> he's about 10 minutes away. And uh, when they were pouring beers for us, you had to have your finisher mug. And he goes, can I, can I grab his finisher mug so there's a beer waiting for him? And Dave probably goes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He gives him his finisher mug. And the guy's like, thanks. And then, and then Dave says, no, 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 no. He takes it back from him. And he grabs this nice hand-thrown ceramic mug that they were selling. And he goes, no, give him this. Welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, a production of Michigan Midpack Media. This is your host, Sheldon. And this is Trevor. And tonight, we are venturing outside of the Michigan Midpack, and we are off to Pennsylvania for Trevor's recap of the Unpaved 120 in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Trevor. Thank you, Sheldon. I kind of threw Sheldon for a loop, and I wanted him to do the introduction. And uh, I don't know. I think he kind of nailed it. It was good. It was all in the mustache. <laughs> um, hey, let's before we um, get into a lot of this stuff, I mean, important things first. I want to talk about what we're drinking here tonight because I have, <laughs> I have to say that uh, since it's, it's the Monday after the race, and since then I've been having a lot of celebratory beers so uh, I haven't been stopping, <laughs> but right now, <laughs> what are what are you having uh, for dinner tonight? Tonight, um, I am drinking a Michigan local beer, of course, from North Peak. It's a Traverse City beer, and uh, it's October, folks, and I'm drinking the Oktoberfest. Awesome, and it's drinking well. All right, I'm gonna skip this section. Well, Sheldon, what in the world are you drinking? And my. Maybe not what, but why? <laughs> it's a tall boy white claw. <laughs> I mean, you got the look for it now with the stash and them. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, I could definitely brown paper bag this. Hey, I forgot. I forgot I uh, I brought you a present. Oh, what do we have here? 
Is this a moon pie? It's no, it's a whoopie pie. A whoopie. All right. So what? A, pe- a Pennsylvania, in true Pennsylvania style, they handed out um, local whoopie pies at the finish line, and uh, they had many leftovers. <laughs> so I came home with like four or five of them. So I now only, I know there was only one up on the counter. Well, I mean. It was a long weekend. <laughs> have to get those calories back up. <laughs> Sheldon, um, how was your week in the? How was your weekend in the mid pack? Oh yeah, because I didn't do much over the week. Uh, a couple of us went out. Um, Sebastian and Mackenzie, who were with us in the last episode, and our friend Brad went out to uh, Island Lake over in the Howell area. Okay, Brighton area, and uh, did some loops. We we're uh, kind of uh just wanted to run some single track and now that i have my single speed pretty much dialed in for Iceman, i wanted to really go out and do a few laps ended up doing about 20 miles of single track and uh i think i am set on how i'm gonna ride it for Iceman. sweet so did you guys um stay together were you able to ride with them or did you find the single speed kind of held you back a bit uh so I'd never been there before. So yeah. the very first lap, I took really slow just because I've never even been to Island Lake before. Makes and, sense. And my experience on single tracks pretty limited. Um, so we all kind of went easy the first lap. Um, we were giving each other quite a bit of space. And then the uh, second lap that we went out and did, we did it at a little bit higher pace. And, uh, I mean, Sebastian just took off. Of course he did, yeah. So how... We um yeah we talked a lot about Iceman last episode, and you are preparing for the first time with Iceman. How how are you feeling? You feeling pretty confident with your setup? Feeling pretty confident with your um, choices that you made? Yeah, I uh, I took uh, a couple different cogs out with me just in case I wanted to change things up while I was on the trail. But uh, when you and I went out, I was running the eighteen tooth, mm-hmm. and I ended up throwing a sixteen tooth cog in for this one, and it had no problem climbing shot right up the hills so now i'm i'm very confident for ice man fantastic so yeah great should be a good time awesome wish you were racing i wish i was racing too yeah but uh i focused all my time and energy for getting ready for unpaved and uh i tell you what i'm glad i did i i want to hear how the michigan mid-pack was represented in pennsylvania I think the place to begin before we really get into the details of the race itself um, is uh, this had, of course, we we had talked about a couple episodes ago. This has been a race that I had circled on my calendar. My brother wrote it last year, and, and since then I've been really looking forward to it, training toward it and building it up in my mind. And because of that, I kind of was afraid that it had all the pieces to potentially explode or implode and uh luckily i will say that it uh exceeded expectations it was um the event itself was incredible um it was was so well run and uh it looked like everyone um just was having a great time during the race before the race and after the race and so kind of starting there who were the first people that you met when you got to town I was, it was, you know, it was, it was cool. So I, I rolled to Pennsylvania on Friday, I left Friday morning 
and uh, my brother and I had a campsite reservation, maybe like 18 miles outside of Lewisburg. Brady wasn't able to join me until Saturday morning, so I was there by myself on, on Friday night. So quickly after I got the campsite set up, I went out and I just, there were some, I saw some dirt roads as I was driving in and I thought, oh, I'm going to ride those. So I did about 10-ish miles and instantly there was a climb and (laughs) there was a vista and I was just like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. This was properly advertised. This is properly (laughs) advertised and uh, it really was getting me excited. So I rolled into Lewisburg that evening. Sheldon, you and I had just... Um, received these dirty chain sweatshirts that we made. And and I was a little, I don't know, I was a little nervous. Like, I'm not one for self-promotion. I felt kind of weird just rolling with, hey, I got this dirty chain sweatshirt on. <laughs> but uh, I love how you sound like an 80-year-old smoker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so rolling with the sweatshirt, and uh, I go to one of these local bars there that supposedly there was a, an event for the, the race and um, some guy's holding the door open for some people, and he goes, hey, my name is Mike Kuhn. Mike Kuhn just happens to be one of the race promoters for that very race. <laughs> and he goes, dirty chain, all right. <laughs> and then he takes me and introduces me to Dave Pryor, who's the other promoter, and Dave Pryor's like, hey, dirty chain, we loved your your episode. Thanks for uh, promoting us. And and then it was like, all right, this is awesome. Here we go. The shirts are doing their job. The shirts are, yep, sweatshirts. Uh, no, it was, it was it was really cool. Um, Friday night, there just happened to be like a, like a gathering. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge thing, but I ran into like a good small contingent of, of Michigan riders that I had no idea were going to be there. And I had never met before and, uh, um, just kind of talked to them and talked to Michigan. Uh, it was uh Friday night. So at 8 PM, people were signing up for Margie Gessick. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone was doing that. So that was fun. Staring at their phones. Yep. And uh, so that, yeah, that was great. Saturday, my brother joined me and we had a little more of a proper warm up. How far did you ride? ride? We did like 20 some miles, rode for, it was over 20 miles, but it was, man, it was near two hours just because there's a lot of climbs. Now, did you ride part of the course or were they just some other side roads? You know, we, there was no reception and... We couldn't look up any information. Of course, we didn't print out any, any information. So we really didn't know. So we just kind of went. And Brady could have sworn that some of these roads were roads that had been on the course. But actually, they weren't on the course. There are just so many great roads out there, um, so many great gravel roads out there that they just have a ton. And these just happened to be more great roads, but they weren't on the course. But, uh, but yeah, we, we did a, a – so it wasn't a race recon necessarily but it was enough to get a feel for the area yeah and um so so saturday you got out just discovered pennsylvania has amazing gravel roads hidden up in their hills uh yeah let me let me tell you a little bit about the the roads i mean the ones that i we'll we'll talk a little bit more about specifically with the race but uh yeah the i was so impressed with the gravel out there and People were using words like hidden gem, and I I get it. I mean, it's like hard pack, woods covered, super fast, but really climby. I mean, but man, were they great roads. And just endless, it seemed like to me. 
Um, and no sand, which was like coming from Michigan was like awesome. <laughs> Such a sigh, really. Yeah. But yeah, Saturday we got in a, a ride and then we went back into Lewisburg where they had packet pickup and they had a rider information meeting where they talked more about the course. And I think I was, I came into the race itself more prepared than any other race I've done specifically because I had a great conversation with my brother a couple episodes ago and, and I felt like I kind of know the course during the rider meeting, even though I knew some of the information, it was like, Oh boy, this is going to be a big day. And I hope I'm ready for this <laughs> specifically for, um, the one twenty mile, the 120 distance, there is a section that splits off from the 90 mile and they call it the difference. And let me tell you, it made a difference. <laughs> it was 30 miles. Um, let me look. Now you, you have a good picture from that meeting, correct? With the difference? Yep. Yep. So by the time that this episode is airing, We'll put a screenshot up of that on yeah. Instagram so you can kind of see the elevation gain and everything that's yeah. in this difference. Yeah, so the difference is 30 miles, 3,200 feet of elevation gain, and they estimate it will take about 2 hours, 15 minutes. And within that is this Got Stands section, which is the rocky section of the rocky ascent, but most, most importantly, it's the rocky descent that just is brutal and will beat you up and make your hands go numb, make your hands go numb and requires, uh, a tubeless setup <laughs> basically. Um, so yeah, Saturday we, um, just to hung out with like met a bunch of people that knew my brother, a bunch of riders just had dinner. And, um, then Brady and I went back and got ready for the morning. Now, what time on Sunday morning did, uh, you guys cross the start line? The start was originally slated for 7 a.m. And uh, at 7 a.m., it was still kind of dark and it was really foggy. So they pushed it back like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, and uh, so we start at 7.15. And at this point, as we're talking about the, the course, I just want to say that uh, my brother and I had a really good conversation about the course. And if you haven't listened to that yet, um, I would episode seven i would yeah i would suggest going back and listening to episode seven because i'll be already i've been referencing that episode and i will continue to do so um but uh so at seven fifteen, we started and from the very beginning it was very obvious to me that this race is going to be a little different than brady's experience the year before he had explained a relatively relaxed neutral rollout coming into the first climb. Um, and it was relatively relaxed from the beginning. We're on a rail to trail for a few miles. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, I mean, we're not, we're not going too slow. We're not going too fast, but when we get off that rail to trail, all of a sudden things started to cook and gaps are forming already. And, I'm kind of looking around at Brit. Hey, this is not what you. <laughs> this is not what you promised. Um, I want my money back. 
And I think, you know, you had some fast guys that um, that weren't there last year. You had Ted King, Matt Acker, some people really pushing the pace, and they pushed it early. And it brought people from all over the country. It absolutely did. And uh, so from pretty early on, before that first climb, um, things were getting pretty fast. And, uh, and it took a little bit of work to stay up towards the front. But yeah, and then and then once you hit that first climb, then it just splits. Like if it wasn't already split, then it really split. And um, Brady and I just stayed steady. Didn't push the pace too much because it was a long day, and and there was a lot of ride ahead of us. And I I I, I kept to his suggestion, saying try to stay with a few people on that first climb, so we have some people to work with on the other side. And that's exactly what we did. That was super cool to have his advice on that. How and big of a group of people did you... Uh... Once we got over, it was pretty spread apart on the uphill, but once we got over, we probably had 15, almost 20 guys working together on this long descent and flat part. And uh, we were we were uh, taking pulls and just rotating through, and it was great. And that, so that flat part, that's all gravel, correct? That flat part was, it was much more paved than I thought. There was a lot of paved parts in that section. You're kind of rolling through some farmland and a lot of, a lot so of. you're kind of picking up parts that are. Yep. Jogging that are paved yeah, and the, unpaved. The, the first climb was definitely all gravel. And, um, and then you kind of get over that and then you hit some pavement and it's, so that's, it's fast. And, and we were taking advantage of, of how fast it was until you get to that second climb and it's back to gravel. Mm-hmm. And then that group of 15, 20 guys just split apart again. And um, You were still with your brother at this point. I was point. still with my brother at that point. And it was at that point, we, him and I were talking and he said, you know, um, I want you to go and, uh, and, and, and have – a great day riding, so just go and ride your race. And it was it was super cool of him to do that. I really appreciate him because um, we, I came to ride with him. He came to ride with me, and and so he just said, "Go ride your race." And so at that point, um, we we split apart, and and then um, I didn't see him till the end. <laughs> so when you ended up breaking off with him, did you break up with some other people? Uh, did you completely abandon him or was he with some other people? Oh, there were a lot of people. Like, I think, yeah, he, he definitely worked with a few people throughout the whole thing. But I think what it was was I saw a few guys climbing and I knew I could stay with them. And so I stayed with them. And and then at that point, I was in a group of maybe a few people for the next few miles. Um, now, this is before the difference, correct? This is way before the difference. Okay, so you're in what, mile, mile like 50? So this would be, I think we're still like 25, 30 miles in. Okay, and that's where you hit the second climb? Well, let me, let me just look here. So, um, so yeah, the second climb came right around mile 40. Okay. Now, uh, at this point, were you already looking at aid stations because you took what two bottles with you and no hydration pack yeah so i took two bottles and i ran a lot of perpetuum in those two bottles Mm -hmm. 
they had drop bags for aid stations. Okay. So we How just, many had drop bags in them? Um, well, it was supposed to be aid station number two, which is also aid station four because you cross the same spot. Oh, okay. And when we got to – well, before we got to aid station two, though, the whole group that I was in decided to just go past the first aid station, yeah. which Brady had said that, and I expected that. Um, that was, like, still 20, mile 20-something. 20 um, and it, So it's still morning. It's cool. You guys are yeah, still yeah. feeling yep. pretty fresh. Um, but then by the time we got to aid station two, then people were stopping. Yeah. And uh, the drop bags had not gotten to aid station two. Um so most of us just filled up our water. They had like some small peanut butter jelly sandwich. They they had some stuff and yeah. some goo and Gatorade So if you were at, if you were risking bonking, you were fine. Yeah. I mean, if you were risking bonking at that point, you, <laughs> you were going to have a wrong. really long day. Um <laughs> but knowing that we'd were, we would return there, um I was I really wasn't worried. What I was worried about is descent cuz you descend into aid station 2. And something is going on with my bike. And I, it is rattling more than it should. And it, you know, it, bikes make noise, but there is something going on. And I have no idea what's happening. And, and again, I'm thinking, I still have 80 miles to go. Haven't even done the got stands part. Haven't done the, a lot of the, the real rough part. Something is happening with my bike. Roll into second aid station. I kind of do one of these, like pick up your bike and drop it a little bit, and it it sounds like, um, just like it just sounds like a metal just shaking around, and yeah. and someone says that doesn't sound good. I was like, yeah, no kidding. Um, luckily, there were mechanics there, um, ready to go in case something like this happened, and quickly they realized that the lock ring of my cassette had come loose and uh. my cassette cogs were just like in in there just loosely rattling around, which could have been very problematic. <laughs> and so they throw my bike on the stand and I'm immediately thinking, great, how long am I going to have to stay here to wait for this to be done while the guys I'm with ride off? Yeah. Um, I fill up my water bottle, I quickly pee, and by the time I get back, the bike's done. Oh, and, that's amazing. And they're like, go. They were great. They were like, that's what we're here for. You Did are... they have mechanics at every single aid station there or were, just specific I ones? I think there were just specific ones. That one, there was a specific like mechanical aid station after the really hard that got stands part. Because they were um, just expecting just Because they were expecting a lot of up. bikes to be um, in need of <laughs> repair. Um, and then, so it's that one. So that that's two, three is the mechanical one after the got stands section, and then we circle back to four is also yep, two. Yep. So they they still had that, and then, um, and then the other aid station is only like ten miles from the finish. So, um, I don't. I think basically they had beer there. Um, <laughs> so how long did you stop there? <laughs> we did not stop. We we wanted to finish, um, but that was. That kind of, I think that made her. That would have made her, made her broke my my entire race. Yeah. Um, if I had gone into the hard part, the really rough got stand section, and my entire cassette fell <laughs> off, um, it would have been a long time before I would have had to walk all the way 
down and, and, and try to get help. So that was, and then it was fine. Totally fine. After that bike worked flawless. Yeah. It was I, great. I passed it in your garage. It looks amazing with that Pennsylvania dirt on it. I mean, it, it got dirty that the, the difference or the got stands section was pretty muddy. A lot of, lot of puddles and, um, some of them you could go around. Some of them you just had to go straight through and you could tell the difference between the 90 mile riders or the 50 mile riders and the 120 mile riders because the 120 mile riders were filthy <laughs> and the rest of them stayed pretty clean. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, that's about mile 50. And then from there you leave and then things get hairy. So the entire time it had to have been looming over you is just thinking of this got stands. I mean, I, mean, I had y- been. You redid your entire tire, your wheel set just for <laughs> this section. Yeah. I mean, I was running tubes before and then it was. Uh, Brady's uh, sage advice. Yeah. yeah <laughs> to go tubeless. And so I, I did. And, and I'm glad I did. It was the climb. I think you could have done the climb easily without. It was rough. It was very rough. And you had to be careful where you're going, but you had a little more control over your lines Mm -hmm. and and we're not talking um rounded over rocks they were pretty sharp but the climb was one thing the descent was something else because you had a little less control over where you were going and there was no good line to take and you just had to to ride over a lot of rough parts and is at that those moments where you were in jeopardy of of slicing a sidewall the, the guy I rode with almost for the entire thing, his name's Tony, he was riding a cross bike with 33s with tubes. And he, and he made it through? He made it through. The whole time he's like, I'm going to flat, I'm going to flat. This guy, I'm going down the, the descent so slow because all I want to do is get through it. And he, and he like passes me on the descent. <laughs> Just rips through. And I'm like, and, and he was he was t- taking it like he was pretty conservative about it. And I know he was saying to me, he was worried about flatting. Mm-hmm. Um, and all he wanted to do is get through that section without flatting. But he was, he was much better on the descents and much better. Like technically. Was than, he the one that was from town from state college? Yeah. He, uh, I think he lived not too far from there, but I I'm, I'm not sure he'd ever done that section before. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was familiar with the area for sure. Well, probably if he had done that section, he probably wouldn't have been on 33s. Probably wouldn't have been on 33s. <laughs> but uh, come to find out, he said he grew up riding motocross or something like that. And so it made sense. Every every descent we would do, he would just leave me instantly. He was, he was a good descender for sure. But he got through it unscathed. And I think I was probably more conservative than I needed to be. I just did not want to... Um, break down. I didn't want to flat. I wanted to get through it. And I knew that if I, I got passed by maybe three or four people at that point. And I, I was, I had no concern about it. I was not concerned whatsoever because I knew I would probably catch back up to him eventually. And I did. I, uh, on some of the uphills, I, I caught up and I, and I passed them again. Nice. Nice. Um, the, the problem is you finish this, uh, First of all, this this section, Brady did such a good job of explaining what it was and putting a good like fear of this section into my soul. Um, but it's not until you experience it yourself that you know what it is. And 
I went from instantly like thinking this makes the race. This is the best part of the race to I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and what a two mile section. This yeah, is. <laughs> it was. I think that um, the uphill part was super hard and draining. And the downhill part was even more hard and draining. But um, the thing with the, the descent was it just felt like it never ended. And I could have done with half the descent. <laughs> the, full, the uphill part was fine. Um, it was tough. And then half the descent, I would have been good. But I guess that's what makes it a tough race. And, and that's what um, makes it a challenge. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I thought it made, for a while I was thinking this is the best part of the entire thing, even though it's hard. And then I thought, um, I hate this. This will never end. <laughs> I just, just want to be out of this. I yeah. want to go back to the campsite. You finish that section and you're immediately at the base of a of a pretty decent climb. And it's smooth. You're out of the the chunky rocks. And uh speaking of the chunky rocks, I wanted to say this. It what it kind of reminded me of is like a really chunky, sharp section of say like Sager Road. That oh, so it wasn't very it was like a two track width? It is, yeah. It's like a it's like a seasonal road with, the, it, it's like a jeep road. Yeah. And um, it's not single track. And so you have a lot of left and right to choose from, but uh, and it's just real. It's just rough, like a Sega road is, but it's not sandy, and there's a lot more rocks to it. <laughs> um, but it's the same kind of thing. You're in the woods. A lot of puddles, and it's just kind of – it's a little longer too. Um, you finish the the rough part, and then you immediately start climbing, and you have no break in between that. And you are just completely drained from what you had experienced before, and that climb was tough. I don't think it was any harder than any of the other climbs. It was just where it came. In so the, this would be climb four? This would be – I don't know. This would be you. You start to lose count, but <laughs> everything's up. Yeah, everything seems like it's up. There's not a lot of flat. It's up or, or screaming down. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of screaming down, after the first climb, we were going down the first descent, and uh, we're in a we're in a group. I'm with my brother at this point. And there is definitely like we go we we kind of go through this corner as we're descending and, and someone totally overcooks it and, and crashes. Oof. And uh, how fast do you think you're going? We were going pretty fast. We were going pretty fast. Like and over 30. Yeah, Oof. I think probably right around 30. And we get to the bottom and I said to my brother, was that the Allison Tetrick quarter? <laughs> and he goes, yep, that's the one. <laughs> and uh, if you listen to episode seven, it was last year where Brady, my brother, was riding close to Allison Tetrick at that point and nearly ran her off the road because of the bad line he took so at you, that corner. You need to look on Strava and see if there's a segment there. And if not, you should call it the Allison Tetrick quarter. Yeah, the, the descent. So we're climbing 
after the got stands part, after the really rough start, after the really rough stuff, we start climbing. It's really hard. And then we have a pretty good descent after that. And uh, I'm tired. I'm a little ready just to relax, like go down this descent, um, get my heart rate back down, get my hands loosened up, loosened up, and with get the feeling back into my hands. And um, we're going around this curve, and the guy in front of me takes a bad line. But he's way in front of me. He's not like anywhere near me. Mm-hmm. And so my mind, in my mind, I'm saying, don't take that line. But for some reason, my bike is going that same direction. And I'm s- trying to slow down. I don't slow down. <laughs> and I just go into a ditch and over my handlebars. Oh. And, just... <laughs> <laughs> no. and I, I, I mean, it may have been adrenaline. It. It just seemed like I just kind of fell into a really soft part of the the, the ground or the dirt because I just kind of popped up. My handlebars were askew, and I just fixed them and then made sure everything kind of worked and then just got back on my bike and was fine. And again, I mean, between the mechanical at the beginning and then that point, I'm like, I am just flirting with disaster <laughs> here. But everything And you're not even halfway through. And not even halfway through. And probably at that point, it's pretty close to halfway through. Um but uh, yeah, I got through that unscathed, luckily, and um, it probably looked worse than it than it felt. <laughs> and then, um, so this would be wrapping up the difference, right? We are wrapping up the difference exactly. Okay, so you're coming up towards aid station four. Correct. Drop bags have now arrived. Drop bags have arrived. I down like an espresso, can of espresso that I had in there and uh, fill up my perpetuum. Did you have pre-filled bottles? No, I just had like a baggie that I had to oh, put it in and they had a lot of water. And uh, and then at that time, I was riding with this guy, Tony, and we pick up another guy that he knew. His name was Colin. And, um, and then we just worked together for the rest of the time. And it was it was great. It was hard. The rest of the uphills were, of course, hard. We're ripping down the descents, and uh, it was uneventful is not the correct term because it was very eventful, and um, each climb was harder than the last, but we we just worked hard together and uh, and then finished strong and and I I didn't know where we'd finish or what time we'd finish but I it start I started to realize oh we're going to break eight hours which. I didn't know what to expect for myself or from others, but uh, from what I was, from what Brady was telling me, and uh, from what I saw other people ride last year, I thought anywhere between eight or nine hours is where I'd fall. Um, but then it kind of like I was real. Ooh, I'm, we're going to break eight hours, and uh, and then oh, it, we're going to be pretty close to seven and a half hours, and we ended up about. It was like seven thirty-seven, and yeah. uh, and I felt I felt really good about that. Now, when you, yeah, that's I mean, when I saw your stuff get posted, and you got twenty-eighth. I mean, yeah, out of pretty big field, it was what it was, it was like oh, right around two hundred. Two hundred, yeah. Um, 
Now, when you picked up the two other riders, when you were on course, were you seeing many other riders even out on course? Or at that point, were you guys kind of at a pace that you weren't seeing other people or picking you're up definitely, other people? You're definitely seeing more riders. Oh, okay. Um, oh, because you're now back on the course with... 50 and yeah so 90s. You're, yep you're seeing some of the 90 mile riders um probably seeing some of the 50 milers and uh and then even kind of leapfrogging with some 120 riders for sure um picking up some here and there some drop off some will pass mm-hmm. and it's just because some people are better at descending some people are better at climbing um it just all depends yeah. So yeah, but um, we weren't we weren't all alone by any means. Okay. Um, there was no like large group of people that we were able to catch up with, um, but uh, a few here and there we would pass or they would pass us or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times in, the, in those longer distance ride or races after the halfway point, basically everyone's kind of sorted out on their paces. So that last half sometimes can kind of. Once the people you see are kind of the people you're going to keep seeing. And I was super grateful to to be with two strong riders uh, at the end. Yeah. Um, at the end half, um, because it would have been pretty lonely. Were these two in your initial group that you were in with your brother? I think uh, Tony, the guy that um, rode the 33s, he was in the group, the initial group with my brother. Um, Colin, I think was in, uh, maybe the second big group up front and he was at the, at the aid station four when we had gotten there. And I think he knew Tony, so he just waited a little longer oh, okay. for him to ride with him. So he knew so, he was going to be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, even a, even a small group of three guys can makes a big difference it does make a huge it makes difference. a huge difference compared to hanging out by yourself and then the the last like oh i don't know how many miles it was 20 maybe you're out of the gravel you're through in into the farmland and, and at this area of pennsylvania the f- farmland i mean you're thinking michigan here the farmland that's where the gravel roads are but there it seemed like all the farmland has paved roads it's kind of like northern ohio is like that sure very similar like that. And um and so we're we're it's still kind of rolly but uh but we're we're trying to rotate and 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 get a good pace going because we're thinking we could we could probably get under 740 at this point. Yeah. So at this point you guys had a goal and mm-hmm. you were shooting for mm-hmm. it. Um one thing before we got to this point though is uh we definitely had to stop at the uh salsa chase ah and they i knew you, you know i mean you've experienced this at land run yep you don't know where it's going to be on course it's just out of the blue yep so i was definitely excited to be one part of a race with this uh chase the chase chase the the, the chaise is however they say it um but uh by the time we got to the last climb i was like if this stupid thing isn't at the top of this climb i'm gonna be so mad <laughs> But it was, and it was at this great vista, and uh, and I, I'm glad that we got the opportunity to stop and, and take a picture there. And I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad that you didn't just uh, sit down and smile for the camera. You you went out on yours. Well, I it because it was overlooking a vista. I had to 
just I don't know survey the forest survey yeah yeah um but I tell you what there was <laughs> there's a lot of anxiety thinking how am I going to <laughs> pose for pose on this thing it's like why am I even worried about this I should be worried about finishing this stupid oh, yeah, thing. your muscles are aching but in your head you're like what should I do for this? <laughs> well, I'm super proud of you for uh, you've earned your chase the chase patch and yeah, man, that was a good one. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, and so I finished and uh, and then Brady wasn't too far behind me. I think he he found a couple people to ride with and and had a de- had a decent ride himself. So um, it was it was good. And then uh, then the fun started. Then we just hung out with the after party and. A local brewery was was there pouring beers and pretty good. Yeah, it was great. Do you remember rusty it? Rusty Rail rusty out of uh, Mifflinburg, which was like ten miles. It was it was the last aid station was at their brewery, and then oh, they that's, also that's just set people up for disaster. It, it is <laughs> at the rider at the rider meeting at the beginning at the day before they said. There are no shuttles back from <laughs> the rusty rails, so you got to figure out how to get yourself home if you stop. That's at- <laughs> savage. Just setting people up for failure. But uh, but yeah, they were there pouring beers, and we just hung out and enjoyed enjoyed the evening. What kind of what styles of beers do they have on brew from, uh, from they like the a rusty new, rail? They like a, a hazy IPA, and then just a like a blonde. Just a real like a base, basic wheat, wheat beer. It wasn't a wheat beer, but just like a basic. Uh, um, they just called it a blonde ale, okay. something like that. But, but yeah, it's a uh, big party at the end, and uh, we stayed there for a bit. I th- it, one of the one of the best parts of the whole weekend. And Sheldon, I'm sorry that you didn't get to experience this, but it was so neat to run into people that had listened to the podcast and had and it helped them prepare for for the for the ride itself and it was it was definitely neat to meet all of you out there and and talk about the podcast talk about Michigan a lot of Pennsylvania people there but got to we got to spread the the Michigan yeah, I heard you ran into cat yep yep from uh from Hellcat yep and um one of one of my personal favorites of the year the Hellcat Hundy yep so it was cool to see some Michigan people, but then especially cool to meet so many people from all over the country and from, from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, while you were driving out, our friends at Bolt Cutter Bicycles uh, sent a message saying to look out for somebody on a blue bolt cutter. And uh, I screenshot it, sent it to you. And how did you end up meeting him? Well, we were out on the ride and I saw Mike Michael Nunez. Um, I didn't. I didn't know him at that time yet. But um, Mike rode by on the bolt cutter, and uh, and I and I I said hi to him during the ride, and then we ran into each other again afterwards. And someone he knew knew my brother, and so they were talking, and then and Mike and I realized, oh, we talked to each other on the ride, and and so we just we just hung out a bit. But yeah, I mean, just totally he, random. He's from Salt Lake City. Yeah, he's from Utah, and. Uh, he did great. He, I mean, of course, if you're from Utah, you should climb really well, and he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, super cool to just meet new people and and talk a little bit about the podcast, talk about Michigan riding, talk about the experience we had um, uh, at Unpaved. 
And uh, man, the event, I mean, the weekend was amazing. The event was put on so well. Uh, the, the whole community kind of, like all of these races, this one is no different. The community rallies around this and supports it. The promoters were awesome and um, just in there talking to people, um, helping people, and being so encouraging throughout the entire event. I mean, I'm talking the entire thing. They're there at the very beginning, and then they were there to the very finish. When Brady and I were leaving, um, it was getting late, and we were ready to, to head back to the, to the campsite. We were saying bye to um, – we're looking for Mike, but he was, he was out because there were a couple more people still on course of the 120. This was like 8 p.m. maybe. So that's what, like 13 hours? Yeah, that's starting a long at time seven. On it's a long time on course. So Mike was out trying to, to make sure that they're okay. And so we're talking to Dave Pryor, thanking him. And as we're talking, um, someone comes up to Dave and says, Hey, my buddy just texted me. He's had like 10 flats and he's about 10 minutes away. <laughs> and they were probably all in the same mile. Probably. <laughs> he's about 10 minutes away. And uh, when they were pouring beers for us, you had to have your finisher mug. And he goes, can I, can I grab his finisher mug so there's a beer waiting for him? And Dave probably goes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gives him his finisher mug. And the guy's like, thanks. And then, and then Dave says, no, 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 no. He takes it back from him. And he grabs this nice hand-thrown ceramic mug that they were selling. And he goes, no, give him this. What? And, and I was like, that is everything that... I mean, that's exceptionally cool. But that, yeah, like you said, that, that's the gravel scene. Right, exactly. Celebrating everyone from the leaders to the mid-pack to the... End of the mid-pack. To the end of the mid-pack. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if you're the fastest, if it doesn't matter if you came in last. It's getting it's, out there and finishing. It's it's getting out there and experiencing it and finishing. And um, and yeah, so the, I just thought that was that was the coolest thing. When the, the final couple guys came through, I think they, they even um, did something even more special for him. I think they, they had some, some other prizes for him or something, which which was just awesome. Yeah. Um, but all, all in all, man, I mean. So where do, where do you rate this? Is, this? is this something that has to be done? I will say for myself, in terms of a race, it is probably the best race I've been a part of and experienced. Um, I think because of the distance and the difficulty, I've never done anything that took me that long. Um, and so, like I said, it, there was a lot of buildup in my mind and it could have gone either way. (laughs) Luckily it went, it it was a positive experience. Um, but you know, we've done a lot of races, um, locally and in Michigan and, um, a lot of them are great in their own, own way. But because I worked so long to get, um, prepared for to, it. to prepare my my fitness for it and then because it it was a destination i had to go to it was just all in all a, a really positive experience for me i think if it continues to gain traction like it did this year 
Um, last year, they said they capped it at 600 people. This year, it was 800 people. Um, and, if, and if that momentum continues, I think this race will be up there with a land run, um, a dirty Kansas. The th- it it is not those races though. It's a different race. Oh, the terrain's completely different. Com- terrain is different, and I think that's what makes it one that you have to do. Even if you early in the year, if you're going to do Kansas or Land Run, then I think in the fall you should do Unpaved because it's it's a different gravel experience, and it's one that I think you should experience for sure. What I would encourage. Michigan riders to do is I, I know it's um it's difficult because right on the heels of unpaved is Iceman and uh, if you're willing to work toward unpaved then I'm sure you'll be on, on form for Iceman yeah um, but those are two fall races that are very close to each other two very different races <laughs> for sure but um, if you could swing it I think that experiencing unpaved is one worth doing for sure. Well, I I definitely hope I uh, can join you crossing the start line next year. Absolutely, and uh, maybe you should single speed it. Ooh, <laughs> that is the goal next year. I I do want to do most of it on single. I speed. would say no. <laughs> <laughs> I you could. I I met a guy that the did problem the, is is your the flat spots would just be so slow. They would. They're not. There's not enough of them, though. I think that. I think the climbs would be. You would have a. You could. I met a guy that did the 50 miler, on a single speed, and um, I think he did all right. But it, it would just be. Bit, 50 is a big gap from 120. <laughs> it is, and and the even the 90 would be. Some of those climbs are pretty relentless. Yeah. Um. But. They they really really give you a, a a sense of accomplishment when you get up to the the top and after after you finish that day and you have ten thousand feet of climbing how many f- feet of climbing was land uh, was uh, alpine uh sixty two hundred okay and uh, those sixty two hundred were in a I think they said a thirty one mile span yeah <laughs> yeah um but after all that climbing you really have a sense of accomplishment. Oh yeah. Um, and especially I haven't, I haven't done any real climbing like that since oh, it's been, it's been a couple years since I've, I've done a proper climbing. amount of climbing. And, uh, and luckily this flatlander was able to handle it pretty well. So, well, I can congratulate you. That was a heck of a ride. It was great, man, and uh, I am, I'm doing it next year for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what's next on the calendar? Weather dependent. I think I'll do Lowell. Okay. Um, but that will be a week of decision, just because I don't want to ride in the cold rain. Yeah, last last fall, we got sleeted on. And this is exactly what I did <laughs> last year, and I, and I decided not to do it last year. Um, but if it looks like a nice day, then yeah, I'll, I'll totally do Lowell. But I think the, just the, I kind of feel like I'm done. I'm going to keep riding a lot, but I'm just not going to worry about. Your season's accomplished. My season's done, man. And it, it feels good. 
and uh yeah um maybe i'll do some zwift races Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here you're off the you're off the podcast i had to did i tell you like the other day i had to zwift because it was raining and i really wanted to ride i was no. like i haven't zwifted in like months i haven't even reactivated my i i it, it's like a holiday every year when i turn off my account you mean like you're it's a celebration oh it's the greatest feeling to yeah. like send them that where it's like oh would you like to cancel your membership and i'm like absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean it's good to have um when you need it yeah. and it's I, just at the end of the winter it's you're done with it oh you're so done with it so like i said it was so cool to run into people that um listened and uh and had gotten something beneficial from our podcast especially um at unpaved and uh so thank you for all those that i met and talked to at at the race itself for uh dave Pryor, mike coons so cool to meet you guys and talk to you at the race yeah and and if you um if you're listening to this and you raced unpaved and you have a, a cool story to tell us, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. And then um, again, with Iceman coming up, if you have more tips or um, any cool experiences that you have had for Iceman, let us know so we can benefit all those um, participating in Iceman in the next couple weeks. But as always, keep your chain clean. But get your chain dirty. Change your tires to tubeless. <laughs> See you in the mid pack. <laughs> I don't know. That, that no, that's. I like that.